welcome back, and thanks for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren, and this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Ron Randall, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We do this podcast because we always enjoy reading and talking about Trekker and any of Ron Randall's other comics. Please consider visiting trekkercomic.com. That's Ron Randall's official site dedicated to Mercy St. Clair. It features a new page of Trekker material every Monday. The Dark Star Zephyr storyline is currently in progress, and we recently got our first look at the spaceship that inspires the title, as well as its pilot and first officer. While you're there checking out the latest page, you'll also find links to all of the ways to follow Ron Randall on social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. TrekkerComic.com also has a link to his Patreon page, where you can easily donate to help support brand new Trekker material if you want. For a small monthly donation, you get to enjoy an early look at each week's page and get a behind-the-scenes look at the development of the page. I always enjoy seeing those posts. One of those behind-the-scenes looks included Ron Randall sharing his thoughts about ship designs and why the Dark Star Zephyr looks the way it does, and how he would compare it to other sci-fi ships such as the Millennium Falcon. It was a very interesting read. The previous episode featured an interview with Ron Randall talking about the release of the new Rites of Passage trade paperback. And in this episode, we are starting our coverage of that excellent book. We hope everyone has picked up their copies because we don't want to spoil the story. So if you haven't, pause this now, run to your local comic shop, or place an order online, and then pick back up when you have your copy in hand. We know you will want to follow along as we cover the story and discuss the fantastic art inside. Rites of Passage is available in print from Dark Horse Comics, or in a digital collection from Comixology, or the Dark Horse Comics app, or from the Amazon Kindle store. We love hearing from other Trekker fans, and of course the show is much more fun for everyone when we share your comments, so please write in and let us know your thoughts about Trekker. Feel free to share your Trekker origin story, or just let us know your favorite pages and panels. Any stories or insights you want to share will be great for us. We'll provide our email address and other ways to contact us at the end of the episode. Trekker Talk is part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. Xenozoic Xenophiles covers the post-apocalyptic adventure series Xenozoic Tales, featuring Cadillacs and dinosaurs by writer and artist Mark Schultz. And Warlord Worlds is devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and more. Ron Randall, Mark Schultz, and Mike Grell are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are always filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is excellent. We hope you'll try out our other shows, and we'll be sure to include links to those podcasts in our show notes. Rites of Passage, Part 1. Story, Art, Colors, and Letters by Ron Randall. Cover by Ron Randall and Jeremy Colwell. Publisher, Mike Richardson. Editor, Chris Warner. Assistant Editor, Jemiah Jefferson. Collection designer, Sandy Tanaka. Digital art technician, Adam Pruitt. Rites of Passage was originally published at TrekkerComic.com in 2014 and 15 under the title Jekka and was collected and published by Dark Horse Comics in February 2017. The story is divided into three parts, with each part taking place in a different location. We'll cover each part in a separate episode, and if you want to hear Ron Randall talk about the origin of the story, we encourage you to go back and check out our episode 24. As with the Trekker Omnibus and the Train to Avalon Bay trade paperback, there is an art gallery at the end of the book. And as with those previous volumes, we'll cover the art gallery when we finish the final part of the book. 
The cover features an image of Mercy and Jekka running at full speed. A cityscape is in the background. Mercy has both guns drawn. She is looking back over her shoulder and firing her pistol at their pursuers. The image is in two main colors. The city in the background is predominantly orange, and Mercy and Jekka in the foreground are colored in light green. My second thought was of a city bathed in orange light at dusk, while our two characters are lit in translucent green by streetlights. However, I'll admit that my first thought was that since Ron Randall and Jeremy Colwell know that we like Aquaman, that they obviously colored the cover as an inside joke just for the two of us. Yeah, I'm quite sure that wasn't the reason. Aww. Our story opens in New Gellif in 2226. Lasmusi is watching a news broadcast on the Neb about a new system-wide revitalization project spearheaded by Holland, who is the recently re-elected chair of the council. Suddenly, Mercy St. Clair drops down from the rafters of the abandoned building using her reeler. Lasmusi's startled gang members all reach for their weapons, but he tells them not to worry. He and this trekker get along for the most part. Mercy is looking for information about a group of off-world triggers that have been evading the police. Lasmusi has the information she needs, but he warns her that he's also heard there's something special about this bunch, and she should be very careful. Arriving at the Trigger's hideout, Mercy blasts the wall with her larger weapon, the Gummer 34, and swings in on her reeler with her smaller Riker pistol in hand. But the group inside is ready for action, and she quickly finds herself at a disadvantage as laser blasts fire from all directions. Her training and quick reactions keep her on the move, and she is able to leap and avoid the many laser shots. Mercy manages to get close up on one mark and blasts him in the face, only to find a metal casing revealed under the skin. She is in a firefight with cyborgs. The cyborg slams Mercy to the ground, but she pivots and dives out of a window just as a grenade is lobbed in her direction. The wall explodes, and Mercy finds herself laying on the ground outside the building, surrounded by debris, as the group of cyborgs run away in the other direction. Mercy stops by the police station to get information from her uncle Alex St. Clair, who is a lieutenant at the local precinct. Both are confused by the latest developments. Cyborgs are generally erratic and difficult to control, and very expensive. A small group of cyborgs like the one Mercy encountered would bankrupt any of the local gangs in New Gellif, so that means something more is going on behind the scenes. The next night, Mercy is invited over to Molly's apartment. After dinner, Mercy is relaxing and having a drink while listening to Molly play beautiful music on the basilla. As Mercy stares at Molly's face, she realizes she's starting to feel flushed and thinks it must be the alcohol. She excuses herself and heads out into the night after an awkward goodbye. Approaching her house in Antari Alley, Mercy hears gunfire in the distance. She pulls out her pistol and rushes forward, only to see the same group of cyborgs in a gunfight outside of her home. Mercy is behind them as they fire their weapons in the distance at someone she can't see. She's ready for them this time, because she's loaded her pistol with metal-piercing rounds. Plus, she has the element of surprise. Mercy rushes forward and takes out two of the cyborgs before they realize she's even there. As the cyborgs turn their attention on her, it gives whoever is in the distance a chance to fire their own weapons. Mercy finds their choices of weapons unique. Electric scramblers and charged binding coils. Nothing deadly, only non-lethal weapons and she suddenly suspects who is in the distance. As the remaining cyborgs race away in the night, Mercy hears a familiar voice call out, Hello, Firecracker. 
It's Jason Bolt, a member of the pacifist rebel group Rigel. He is with a teenage girl who he introduces as Jekka. Mercy doesn't want introductions. She just wants him and the girl gone. Bolt motions to the downed cyborgs and points out that they're smarter and faster than normal cyborgs. He warns her that only the Council has the resources to develop and pay for technology like this. That should indicate to Mercy just how important Jekka is. She's someone who has the potential to stop the spread of the power of the Council throughout the star system. Since she already refers to him as a space case, Mercy tells Bolt that he belongs out in the stars, and she turns and walks away. Mercy spends the evening on the Neb, researching Rigel. She's done that before, but the results are different this time. There is nothing other than canned government descriptions of crazed activists. Nothing from any site telling the other side of the story. The scale of the power that it would take to purge all other references to Rigel worries her. Just then, a video call comes in from Molly. She needs Mercy to come over right away. Mercy is out the door and running through the rain immediately. But when she arrives at Molly's house, she is furious to see Jason Bolt and Jekka. She feels betrayed by Molly and accuses Molly of spying on her for Rigel. Jason Bolt jumps to Molly's defense. Molly doesn't work for Rigel, but Rigel has been watching Mercy for a long time because someone else in her life worked for Rigel. It was her mother, who was considered one of the best Rigel agents ever. Mercy has heard more than enough. She turns and slams the door and walks into the night. Bolt apologizes to Molly for putting her at odds with Mercy, but he doesn't have any more time. The cyborgs will be back. He needs to get Jekka to the spaceport. Molly turns to Jekka and tells her not to give up on Mercy. She may be hard-headed, but she has a caring heart. Molly is certain she will change her mind. Jason Bolt and Jekka are hiding in the shadows outside of the spaceport. It's still dark, and Bolt hopes to take advantage of the crowds and the delays that plague the poorly run New Gallif spaceport. However, they aren't the only ones hiding in the shadows, as the three remaining cyborgs grab them from behind. While two beat up Bolt, the third cyborg lifts Jekka into the air. But a voice calls out from above, and the cyborg turns to see Mercy St. Clair swinging in using her reeler. Mercy blasts the cyborg in the head, and then grabs Jekka, ensuring that she is safe. Mercy then fires several metal-piercing rounds into the other two cyborgs, dropping them before they have time to react. Bolt is a flake, and a dreamer, and a hopeless space case. But Mercy knows he is no liar. She turns to him and says, You aren't going anywhere without me. Not until I get some answers. I think this story gets off to a great start with the joking between Mercy and Lasmusi. It's a nice, light-hearted scene. He's a favorite character of mine, and even though it's a short scene, it's definitely fun. I especially liked Mercy's offhanded remark that she expects flowers and chocolates the next time they meet. Their relationship has definitely come a long way over the course of the series. One thing I noticed is that Ron Randall makes this an easy place to start for New Trekker readers. By meeting Les Moosey first, it gives him a chance to explain to both his gang members and new readers exactly who Mercy is and what a Trekker is. We then quickly meet Mercy's Uncle Alex and learn that he's a police officer. And then we meet Mercy's best friend Molly and get a few hints that something is up between the two of them. And then we meet Jason Bolt and are reminded of Rigel. All of this happens in quick succession, giving new readers lots of background information in a short time without being obvious to the reader. I agree. 
it is lots of great information delivered in a natural way so that you don't realize all of the little reminders that are happening along the way. You also see lots of sequences of Mercy collecting information, including that meeting with Liz Moosey, the conversation with her uncle, and the research she does on the Neb. And you see the dark and dirty streets of New Gallif, and you get a feel for the mystery and noir aspects of the series. And there is also that spectacular action sequence when Mercy first encounters the cyborgs that quickly establishes the action-packed side of Trekker as Mercy swings into action using her reeler. Ron Randall gives us a five- or six-page sequence of Mercy in action with guns blazing and lots of flips and pivots. Again, it's another great sequence to let new readers know what to expect from the series. I like that Mercy figures out who is in the battle with the cyborgs just because of the weapons that are being used. She immediately knows it must be Jason Bolt or someone from Rigel. And then we get a chance to meet Jekka, who will be the focus of this story. In fact, the story was originally titled Jekka when it was published online at trekkercomic.com, but it was changed to rites of passage for publication in print, which I think is a great title. As the story progresses, you see that this new title actually applies to multiple characters in the story. It really is a nice choice. Of course, we get a big revelation at the end of this first chapter when Mercy learns that her mother was a member of Rigel in the past. In fact, she is still remembered as one of the best Rigel agents. That is a shock to Mercy, and she takes her anger out on everyone. But just as Molly predicted, Mercy still comes back to help in the end, no matter how angry she is. And that's where part one ends. We hope everyone will come back next time when we cover part two. Now let's take a few minutes to talk about our favorite pages and panels. Okay, I'll start with the double page title page on 8 and 9 as Mercy crashes in on the cyborg's hideout. She's swinging down on her reeler with her pistol firing while the cyborgs fire their weapons up at her. It's very dynamic. I agree, I love how that one looks. And my runner-up is just one page earlier on page 7 as Mercy makes her way toward the cyborg's hideout. There are multiple scenes of her swinging on her reeler over the city of New Gallif, and a spectacular panel that shows how powerful her larger weapon is as it blows out the side of the hideout. I love it. But my winning page is very different and further along, so turn to page 25. Okay, just a minute. I've got it. Ron Randall gives us so much emotion on this page. This is immediately after Jason Bolt tells Mercy that her mother was a Rigel agent. It starts with a bewildered expression from Mercy, followed by looks of worried anticipation from Bolt and Molly. This is followed by an expression of sheer anger from Mercy. She looks like she could spit poisonous venom in that center panel. Yikes, <laughs> I know what you mean by that. And the page ends with Mercy turning and running from the room with her eyes clenched shut, and you wonder if she is trying to avoid crying. Molly looks like she's ready to run after her, but she's not sure if it's the right time. It's a stunning page and really shows off Ron Randall's artistic talents, and it's easily my favorite. Good choice. Okay, so now let me find my notes. I'm starting with page 16. All right, just a second. There, I like the atmosphere, the dark city as Mercy's walking home, and I especially like the coat she is wearing. It's a great design, and Ron Randall uses his skill in drawing cloth to make it sway realistically as she moves across the page. Details like that just help make the movement seem so realistic. And the lighting is terrific. See the glow of the muzzle blasts? Those are my favorite. I really like this page a lot, too. All of the things that you just named, and you'll hear more of my thoughts on it later. Oh, okay. Now flip over to page 21. Okay, I'm there. Okay, on this one, I love the variety of angles and the different settings used all on one page. 
I really like that exterior shot of the police office building. It's a rainy, atmospheric scene with a view angled up toward the sky, so you get to see skimmers and more of the city in the distance. I really like that, too. I always like those types of scenes. And then there's the overhead shot of Mercy with her Uncle Alex doing the research. And I like the lighting on their faces from the monitors. I think that's great. And then the bottom panel of Mercy doing her own research at home and Scuff is laying in her lap is really nice. I like the variety all on this page, and I think there's so much done on one page just to move the story forward. I'm impressed with it. Nice. And then my top choice page is Action Packed. It's on page 29. Okay, I'm there. And I love how Mercy swings onto the page from her reeler while she's firing that weapon. She makes a great landing, and I admire how her strength and that agility are demonstrated here. And the powerful expression on her face in the last panel is great. It's a favorite. I like this one a lot, too. And just like with one of your others, I'll say more about it later. I'm curious. (laughs) Well, tell me your thoughts about some favorite panels. Okay, so actually... We can start right where you just left off. Oh, okay. So page 29? (laughs) Page 29. (laughs) I'm there. (laughs) So my third favorite panel is right there at the top of page 29. I initially thought I would choose that as my favorite panel, and it's interesting it turned up on your favorite page. Mm -hmm. It's that spectacular scene of Mercy swinging in on a reeler and surprising the cyborgs who just captured Jason Bolton Jekka. Like you, I love the perspective. There's a terrific expression on Mercy's face. It just illustrates her determination. Plus, I love that iconic muzzle blast from Mercy's larger gun. It's a terrific panel. Yes. And next, let's turn back to page 14. Okay, just a moment. So this is a very different panel, but it's one that captures another important part of this story. This is when Mercy is at Molly's house and listening to her playing music on her bacilla which is a stringed instrument that sort of reminds me a little of a sitar or a shamisen. Hmm. This story takes place shortly after the train to Avalon Bay, where Mercy began to realize that Molly might mean even more to her than she realized. And in this panel, Mercy is intensely staring at Molly, and she feels like she's seeing Molly for the first time. I do agree. It's a beautiful drawing of the both of them. And my favorite panel in this chapter is at the bottom of page 16. Okay. And I'm sure you remember that I referenced this one earlier. Yes. What did you think? So Mercy is rushing into her encounter with the cyborgs outside of her home in Ontario Alley. You picked the whole page, which is a great choice because it has so much atmosphere. But I went with this one panel because it's such a great example of how expertly Ron Randall can capture a character in motion. You really feel the speed at which Mercy is running as her coat whips in the wind behind her. Oh, I'm glad you like that, too. Yes, and to top it all off, there's that stunning view of the dark and dirty skyline of New Gallif in the background. It spectacularly establishes the feel of the city. It's gorgeous. So what about you? What were your favorite panels? Okay, don't have to go far. Just flip over to 19. All right, I'm there. And I'm choosing the panel that introduces Jekka. I think it's a tense situation, and the body language shown in the figures is spot on. And on top of that, I really like the alignment and perspective of the figures. I think it adds to make a dramatic impact. Oh, yes, I see that. And now page 14, which might be familiar to you. (laughs) I think so, yes. Okay, so 14, the second panel down, that close-up of Molly playing the instrument. For me, I really appreciated seeing the concentration and the beauty on Molly's face. I think it is a peaceful moment. And there's a partial profile of Mercy that angles in in such a way to focus your eye and attention on Molly. It's quite effective. I'm glad you pointed that out. Nice. 
And my last choice is the very last panel on page seven. Okay, I'm turning. All right, I'm there. Okay. I chose an action shot of Mercy zipping across the air on her reeler. I love those. She's moving fast and has her weapon drawn, and she makes it look so easy. But I know she has to be strong to move like that, and I want to be able to do that myself. It would be so much fun. (laughs) I don't want to be in danger, but I'd like to travel that way. (laughs) It's time for Who's Who when we talk about significant characters from the stories and get to know them a little better. Mercy St. Clair. She's our star. She's a bounty hunter known as a trekker. She lives in Antari Alley, which is a bad part of New Gellif. She spends most of her money on weapons for her job and food for her pet scuff, which is a dox and is a cross between a dog and a fox. Alex St. Clair is Mercy's uncle and a lieutenant in the police force. The police and trekkers don't generally like each other, but these two definitely care for each other and sometimes collaborate on cases. Molly Sundowner is a local music shopkeeper and Mercy's best friend. She takes care of Scuff when Mercy is away and is generous to a fault. Molly was recently caught up in the events of the train to Avalon Bay, and she and Mercy learned a lot more about their feelings for each other. Lasmusi is an underworld figure living in the shadows in New Gallif, and while he and Mercy certainly aren't on the same side, they have a grudging respect for each other and often help each other out. In fact, they might even be becoming friends, as Mercy jokes that she will expect flowers and candy from him in the future. Jason Bolt is an agent for Rigel, which is a group of non-violent activists who oppose restrictive and oppressive governments across the galaxy. The first time they met, Bolt gave Mercy the nickname Firecracker because of her hot temper, and she countered giving him the nickname Space Case because she doesn't understand the pacifist nature of Rigel and its members who are willing to sacrifice their own lives for a cause. And of course, the shocker in this issue is that Mercy learns her mother worked for Rigel in the past and was considered one of their best agents. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time. A big thank you to everyone for all of the great comments. They add so much to the show. And thank you to everyone who took the time to write or to get in touch through social media. Since the previous episode featured an interview with Ron Randall, we didn't share feedback last time. So we have comments from two episodes this time. First is feedback from the City of Dead story, where Mercy teamed up with Carl Kiesel's Johnny Zombie. Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary wrote, Fun episode. First Mercy in a Western, now Mercy in a zombie movie. Shows how adaptable her character is. Cool. Paul Hicks of the Waiting for Doom podcast said, Latest Trekker Talk podcast was another winner. I always love to catch up with Darren and Ruth's outings and encounters at the end. Filmmaker and illustrator Joe Sherlock shared our Facebook post and said, Have always dug Trekker and got to have a chat with Ron at the Northwest Comic Fest at the end of last summer. He's a swell dude. Jerry of Bat Books for Beginners, a.k.a. Professor Frenzy on Twitter, commented, I've never read it, but this book sounds insane. Johnny Zombie? I love the sound effects, too. Ashford of Feathers and Foes said, I loved it immensely. I don't do zombies, but I love this story, however. Tony Greenall wrote, Ending the week in a perfect way. Sat in the dark with a beer listening to Trekker talk. The zombies have to sit quietly in the corner until the episode is over. A lot of people let us know they really enjoyed hearing Ron Randall talk about the new Rites of Passage book in the previous episode. John Baker said, I just listened to the new podcast. Very insightful stuff from Ron Randall about Mercy and how it all came about. I enjoyed hearing about the process he has gone through in creating and moving Trekker forward. It's also a great reminder that we shouldn't give up on what we know to be good ideas, even if the years have come and gone. Dreams shouldn't be discarded just because they've been around a while. 
Ron's perseverance and passion for this character, despite having to put it on hold for a long period of time, is a good reminder to stay with things. Glad to see his efforts have reaped such wonderful artistic rewards and increasing intention. Clinton Robison of the Coffee and Comics blog and podcast said, Great interview, guys. Always nice to hear Ron Randall talk shop. Brian Mulvey wrote in and said, Thank you for your marvelous interview with the man behind the adventures of Mercy St. Clair. I loved hearing his insights into the new trade paperback he's so proud of. Rites of Passage is well worth the wait. And I'm looking forward to future episodes of Trekker Talk for your comments on the story and those always fun favorite pages and panels. His story of meeting the legendary Doug Wildey at San Diego Comic-Con as a young artist was really terrific. Meeting Doug in itself was an honor, but that Doug knew Ron's Trekker work was awesome. Not to mention a very nice connection to Ron's current work on Future Quest. I think Ron is really hitting his creative stride right now and is taking advantage of the internet to move Mercy's saga forward. And if I can plug his Patreon page for a minute, I will. For 10 cents a day, fans get a very early copy of his latest page, along with thumbnails, pencils, inks, and colors, too. But the greatest reward is the satisfaction of knowing I'm playing a role in the creation of new material that I eventually get to see in book form. Very rewarding indeed. Thanks again to you both for this terrific interview with one of the nicest people in comics, our friend Ron Randall. Comic Book One, whose Twitter handle uses the number one for the I in comic, wrote, Ron has gotten so good over the years. A privilege to watch him grow. Trekker is so ridiculously good. Well said, I agree. Randy Andrews of Soundtrack Alley wrote, I think the interview was absolutely amazing. I can't wait to hear more, and I'm going to listen to all of your older shows to catch up. Oh, and I'm almost ready to order my omnibus of Trekker. Great show. Can't wait for more. Randy has created a fun podcast with Soundtrack Alley. Each episode focuses on a different film and features a review and interesting behind-the-scenes details about the production of the movie, followed by highlights and discussion of key parts of the film's soundtrack. Randy is often joined by guests on the show and has done several interviews. It's a great show. Check it out. Jerry of Bat Books for Beginners said, Great interview with Ron Randall. Especially good hearing the skilled storyteller talk about Mercy St. Clair's character. And we were surprised, excited, and honored to see that comic legend Jerry Ordway retweeted our post about the interview with Ron Randall. That was fantastic. And we have a special thanks for Maui Comics for promoting the episode. They hosted a Ron Randall book signing recently. Now that is definitely one place I would really like to go for a Ron Randall comic book signing. And we've learned the guys at the shop have their own podcast called Nerd Watch. We've tried it out and are enjoying it. A big thank you goes out to our friend Jeff Messer, who had some really nice things to say about our interview with Ron Randall on the latest episode of his Geek Brain podcast. His show is a great way to keep up with all of the latest geek news, and we appreciate the shout-out for Trekker. Thanks, Jeff. And as always, Joe Crawford of the blog for the Non-Discerning Reader did some great promotions for our show on social media. Thanks, Joe. We sincerely appreciate all of your support. And we also want to thank those who joined us in the countdown for the release of the new Trekker book. That was a good, fun way to draw some attention to each day leading up to the book's release. And the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary shared a great letter with us. Just wanted to let you know I finished Rites of Passage and loved it. I definitely took my time with it so I could sort of absorb it more slowly rather than just binge reading it in one night. The story was great and gave me all of the things I needed to know. I love Mercy so much. Such a fierce, dedicated, and independent woman. Whether it is in battle or in relationships, or even in her actions, she isn't letting anyone dictate things to her. I also found her relationship with Bolt fascinating. As for the art, I have plenty of Ron Randall in my collection, but I don't think I have anything as graphically action-oriented as this. 
But between the fights, the calmer scenes were also well rendered, and Mercy was drawn amazingly beautiful. Thanks again. Finally, Trekker, Ange. Since Ange had read the entire book, he included a few comments that we left out at this time since they referenced later parts of the story. We'll save those for upcoming episodes when we cover those parts. And Ange even posted photos of his favorite pages and panels from Rites of Passage on Twitter. We really enjoyed seeing those. His favorite page and one of the panels he chose are from later on in the story, but one of his favorite panels matches up with one of ours in the early part of the story. It's that top panel on page 29 where Mercy swings in on her reeler with her gun blazing to save Bolt and Jekka from the cyborg. Terrific choices, Ange. Lucky Target Comics wrote, Zip through my copy of Trekker Rites of Passage last night and enjoyed every panel. Ron Randall's sci-fi adventure series keeps on giving. We want to encourage you to check out Ben Robbins' review of Rites of Passage at ForcesOfGeek.com. Ben is a longtime supporter of Ron Randall. He wrote a terrific review with some sharp observations that I'm sure other fans will appreciate. The link will be in our show notes. Tony Greenall commented on a different review from Fanbase Press, saying, Great review. Often rightfully, we see complaints at a lack of strong female character-led comics. Trekker shows what can and should be done. We'll include a link to that review as well in the show notes. Nethead on Twitter enthusiastically shared a photo showing that his copy of Trekker Rites of Passage had arrived. Karen of Between the Pages announced, Good news! Trekker Rites of Passage was released on Comixology. Brian Mulvey said, Returning from vacation was a letdown, but the new Trekker book by Ron Randall in my mailbox cheered me right up. Swagcat Aaron recently discovered Trekker and let us know he enjoyed the omnibus. And after he finished reading the brand new book, he shared a photo of himself holding the book while wearing his homemade Trekker t-shirt. And he wrote in with this question, Does scuff make dog, fox, or cat noises? It was a great question, complete with emojis of a dog, fox, and cat. So we passed the question on to Ron Randall to get an official answer. And we want to share Ron's answer right here. He said, I think Scuff is a pretty quiet fellow most of the time, but when he needs to be heard, he usually lets out a quick, sharp yip, just like a fox. Later, we received two amazing drawings by Aaron. The first is a full-color picture of Mercy St. Clair on patrol in New Gallif while skimmers fly in the night sky. I'm sure it took a lot of effort to capture so many details. And the second is a lovely sketch of Scuff looking for Doc's food. And we have continued to expand our original Trekker fan art collection. We also got a beautiful full-color portrait of Scuff by Panther Fan Jason. It is great. I know Jeremy Colwell would appreciate seeing the colors on this. And Cool Cat Jacob sent us a piece of original art based on Ron Randall's Trekker. It shows a skimmer accident. And we are sure that Uncle Alex is on his way to investigate. Jacob, Jason, and Aaron are our nephews, and we're very happy that they all shared those terrific drawings with us. You can find all of that artwork posted on our Trekker Facebook page. We want to mention that the second issue of the Harlan Buck Freesword comic from Weldon Studios is out now. It's a great adventure story about a mercenary swordsman, and it's fun to know that Scott Weldon happens to be a fellow fan of Ron Randall's Trekker. A comic shop in Portland, Oregon called Books with Pictures hosted a talk titled Female Driven Sci-Fi in the 80s and Now. By Ron Randall. We were happy this was filmed so that we had a chance to watch it, and we'll include a link to the video so you can watch it too. We're really happy that our friend Ruth Reese was able to attend. We certainly wish we could have joined her there. Of course, convention season is here, and we want to mention that Ron Randall has added the Silicon Valley Comic Con to his schedule. If you're in the area, we encourage you to stop by and see him. We'll be attending Heroes Con in Charlotte in June, where Ron Randall will be a guest. If there are any other fans planning to attend that show, Please let us know, and we'll have a Trekker fan meet up there. And we were recently guests on a couple of other podcasts. 
Wendy Freeman hosts a wonderful podcast called Double Page Spread, and we were honored to be interviewed by her. We talk about our love of Ron Randall's Trekker, Mark Schultz's Xenozoic Tales, and the comics of Mike Grell, as well as many other interests. Thank you for the invitation, Wendy. And we appear on a special humorous segment of the April Fool's Day episode of the Waiting for Doom Doom Patrol podcast. This segment features Ryan Daly of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Diablo Frank of Rolled Spine Podcasts, and Jay of the Silver and Gold and Beatlemania podcasts. A big thank you to hosts Mike and Paul for including us in that fun segment, and a shout out to Doug, who runs the Doom Patrol blog, My Greatest Adventure 80. We'll close this section with two new iTunes reviews. The first is from Chris Carnes of Bat Books for Beginners. Thank you, Darren and Ruth, for introducing me to Ron Randall's Trekker. I picked up Rites of Passage at my comic shop last weekend and loved it. I'm familiar with the material covered in your other two excellent podcasts, but Trekker was new to me. I love your story recaps and analysis of the artwork. And G. Growler wrote, Terrific interview with Ron Randall. Fascinating discussion of the character Mercy St. Clair. Great insight into the mind of a great storyteller. Good work, you guys. Thank you both for taking the time to write those reviews. We sincerely appreciate the support. We want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Your support helps draw attention to the podcast and, best of all, helps to spread the word about the Trekker series. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know. We'd be happy to correct that next time as well. Amy Scardo, Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary Blog. Ashford of Feathers and Foes, Barbara Tiger, Books with Pictures, Brian Mulvey, Catherine Dow, Chris Carnes of Bat Books for Beginners, Chris Mounts, Chris Sheehan of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast, Christopher Mills of the Atomic Pulp Blog, Clinton Robson of Coffee and Comics Blog and Podcast, Comic Book, Cool Cat Jacob, Colin Stapleton from the Worst Comics Podcast Ever, Daniel Eisenhower, Doug Zuija of the Doom Patrol blog, My Greatest Adventure 80. Dr. G, Man of Nerdology, of the Pulp to Pixel podcast. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Eric Mannix from Out of the Fridge. G. Growler. Jerry of Bat Books for Beginners. Greg DeLuke, author of Gridiron, a comic about the founding of Green Bay Packers that was illustrated by Ron Randall. Helioscope Studio. Jay Schimmel. Jeff Messer of the Geek Brain Popcast. Jeffrey Willis of the Hollow World blog, colorist Jeremy Colwell, legendary comic artist and writer Jerry Ordway, Joe Crawford of the blog for the non-discerning reader, filmmaker and illustrator Joe Sherlock, John Baker, John Rogers, Justice's First Dawn with Mike Peacock, Justin Phillips, Karen Williams of Between the Pages, Carl Kiesel of Helioscope Studio, Kyle Benning of King Size Comics Giant Size Fun, Let's Talk Masters of the Universe, Lucky Target Comics, Mark Adams of Mark's Mess Podcast, Mark Sweeney from the I'm the Gun blog and podcast and comics couplets, Martin Gray of the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl, Maui Comics, Mio Dragovanovich, Nethead, Panther Van Jason, Paul Hicks of the Waiting for Doom podcast, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Randy Andrews of Soundtrack Alley, Rolled Spine Podcast, Ron and Lynn Randall, Ruth Reese, Ryan Daly of The Power of Fishnets and Midnight the Podcasting Hour, Swagcat Aaron, Tony Greenall, Scott Weldon of Weldon Studio, and Wendy Freeman of the podcast Double Page Spread.
it's time for the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize someone who has gone above and beyond in supporting Trekker Talk. This young man discovered our podcast on YouTube and started listening and leaving comments. He then tracked down the Trekker Omnibus and started reading along. He was soon sending original drawings of Mercy and Scuff and started writing his own original Trekker story. He sends us occasional emails and asks our opinions on interesting questions. His enthusiasm is infectious. So, we lift our glasses and give a thankful Trekker toast to Aaron. Congratulations, Aaron. We sincerely appreciate your enthusiasm and support, and we always love hearing what you think about Trekker. And yes, Aaron is our nephew, and we're very impressed that he discovered the show on his own, and we're happy there is another Trekker fan in the family. Thank you again, Aaron, and we'll be right back after we play a couple of promos for other podcasts that you might enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Tim from Cord Industries, the Blue Beetle blog. I'm here to tell you about an exciting new addition to the Silver and Gold family of podcasts. The show is Beatlemania, and it focuses on what is arguably one of the greatest superheroes in all of comics history, Blue Beetle. From the adventures of Dan Garrett the Cop in the 1930s to Dan Garrett the Archaeologist in the 1960s. From everyone's favorite Ted Cord to the more recent adventures of Jaime Reyes, we'll be covering the entire legacy of the Blue Beetle. And I won't be doing it alone. Joining me for this epic journey through the lives of the Blue Beetle will be Jay from the Silver and Gold Podcast. Together, we'll be discussing, reviewing, and celebrating the awesomeness of all of the Beatles. Beatlemania, coming soon to SNGpod.com and cordindustries.blogspot.com. When you talk about comics, does it sound something like this? Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered Red Kryptonite yet. And you, uh, you can't put the number 98s with the 300s. Laurie the Morris hasn't even been introduced. Or maybe it sounds a little more like this. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? What are you, cracked? Why not? I saw the other day he was carrying five elephants in one hand. Boy, you don't know nothing. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. Yeah, maybe you're right. It would be a good fight, though. Hello, I am the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and my comics discussions can go to both extremes, but generally fall somewhere in between. On the Coffee and Comics podcast, I will review comic stories and other comics-related topics that can be enjoyed over a cup of coffee. So pour the coffee, or other beverage of choice, and join me on the Coffee and Comics podcast, available on iTunes and coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. It's time for What's Up, when we talk about other things going on inside and outside the world of Trekker. We recently had a chance to see the new live-action film version of Ghost in the Shell. We first discovered the original manga by writer and artist Masamuni Shiro back in the 1990s. Shiro is known for his mechanical designs, and we were already fans of an earlier series of his called Appleseed, which is also a science fiction story set in the near future with some similar themes. So we tried Ghost in the Shell as soon as we had the chance. The Ghost in the Shell manga inspired an excellent animated film in the mid-1990s. It was followed by a sequel film and two television series. So we're obviously fans of the franchise, and we were excited about the new live-action film. The story touches on some themes that always interest us, including how rapidly advancing technology can impact not only the world around us, but our very human nature. 
It isn't a mainstream action film, but rather a slow-paced and thought-provoking story with intermittent action. The original animated version was praised for its visual imagery, and the live-action film wisely borrows heavily from that earlier animated movie. In fact, a few scenes are lifted directly from the animated movie. The look of the movie is a little reminiscent of Blade Runner, which is another film that we enjoy and have talked about before. And as a direct tie-in with Trekker, our friend Brian Mulvey owns an original commission of Major Motoko Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell by Ron Randall. It's gorgeous. It is a terrific painting of the Major leaping through the air with a logo for the Laughing Man in the background. And the Laughing Man was the main antagonist in the first season of the TV series. And we'll also mention that Randy Andrews covers the soundtrack for the original Ghost in the Shell animated film on a recent episode of his excellent Soundtrack Alley podcast, so be sure to check that out. And, staying in the world of Japanese culture, we recently had the opportunity to attend a performance of Gimaraza that was held at Duke University. The group performs traditional Japanese music and dance and were on their first North American tour, and it was great that one of their stops was so close to where we live. The performance featured gorgeous, colorful costumes and lots of streamers. They told small stories through dance and music. It was a nice treat to see. They had live music with the flute, drums, and shamisen, which is a three-stringed Japanese instrument we enjoy. We'll include a link where you can see some sample clips in the show notes. And if you're interested in hearing the shamisen, we highly recommend the music of the Yoshida Brothers. They do both traditional and modern music with the instrument. Their shows are absolutely fantastic. We've actually had the chance to see them live in concert. We'll include a link to them as well. Be sure and take a look. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. So please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly, please send an email to trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr using the name trekkertalk. And you can also visit our website for links to our social media pages. And what may you ask is that web address? Trekkertalk.com. That clip is from the lovely Catherine and Charlotte, who along with their father discussed Trekker on a recent episode of the excellent Mark's Mess podcast, which included a terrific shout-out for our show. Be sure to listen to their very fun, geeky podcast. And you can always find our shows through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. I'm sure you get it by now. Ruth and Darren. R-A-D. Rad. I'm still having fun with that one. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you will find all of the episodes of our podcast, including Trekker Talk, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results and help get the word out. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Remember, at trekkercomic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all the ways you can find Ron Randall. And he often replies to tweets and Facebook posts, as well as posts on his Patreon site. Please use hashtag trekkercomic and hashtag trekkertalk in your messages to help other fans find and follow the conversation. For those who are interested in the music that Ron Randall listens to while working on Trekker, he uses the hashtag Trekker soundtrack. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Trekker Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. 
We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Oh,